And you're like, yeah, yeah. He talked about the sun. He talked about the he talked about the trail, and he talked about the the water. And I didn't tell you about the trees and the logs and the rocks and all this other stuff that was there. And all of this stuff contributed to the experience. And you're like, yeah, but none of that matters, and yet all of it does. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about art. That's where it's like none of it matters, and yet all of it does, all at the same time. And this is where I want to go back to my initial point: perception and interpretation. What did you notice? What did you put your attention on? What did you care to recognize during that experience Mm -hmm. and also did you acknowledge that that experience was the one and only time you'll ever have that experience and it is it is born and died and died all at the same moment this is way of the artist with brandon colby cook and evan schulte exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Well, thank you, everybody. If you're listening to us once again, here we are. It's Evan and it's Brandon. And we got a conversation today uh, diving into what I think is going to be some interesting territory. Excited to be doing like a topic that's like, you know, we're, it's got art in the title of this podcast. You know, like we, I think we try and incorporate like an artful sort of element to all of our conversations. But this one, we're going in with that as like kind of like a direct area of focus in this one. So we're calling this one Art is the Language of the Soul. And the thing that kind of got me inspired uh, about this conversation is that you know we live in this kind of world and a culture and a society where we really um seemingly we place the most sort of importance on our logical rational sort of brain in a way of thinking about things which i'm i'm not knocking that because it's it's an extraordinarily useful side of things but that it's really only at most half of the equation. It's only half of the whole thing in that art deals with this other thing that isn't entirely rational, that is a little bit strange and sometimes mysterious, that subjective experiential part of life that we can't just logic our way through. And if you think that this isn't important, well, then just think of how much art you consume on a day-to-day basis, right? The music that you listen to, the movies that you watch, the books that you read, right? These things are all pieces of art. And so why do we turn to these things? Why do we, why do we need these things, right? Where we live so much in this logic-based way of approaching the world and our lives and yet there's this component where we where we have to have these things in our lives and so i wanted to uh i'm excited to talk about how and how and potentially what are these things that that art deals with and why it's important Mm. it's something that comes up for me right away is interpretation and perception because I feel like story is so much about interpretation and perception. And I know like story is just element of art, but 
I feel like story is one of those things where that's a lot of the myth of what we talk about. And we make things mean stuff and we often use story and then naturally through story we use character. And uh, actually, it's an interesting thing because, you know, when I teach storytelling, something that, you know, I had uh, people ask me before is like, shouldn't we start with a, a movie concept or a story concept before we ever build a character? And, you know, I was telling them like, I mean, you can, you can totally do that. You can go like, oh, I have this idea for like, you know, aliens come down and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, it's all great. But what you'll find is if you, if you don't create character at some point and some point soon, you'll find you'll end up with a plot driven story, which is that events happen and carry the story forward. And it's just event after event after event. And we see this sometimes in actually big movies. And we're mm -hmm. like, why did that movie suck? Because <laughs> yeah. it was plot driven, not character driven. And the thing is, I always say like at a certain point, and it's probably sooner, better than later, let's get into character because character drives your story and will inform the events that happen because of the actions they take, which will let you know what needs to happen in the story for it to play out. Mm -hmm. And why I bring this up is because in our lives, you know, we tell stories about our lives and we have interpretations and perceptions of what's going on. But at the end of the day, all that matters is the people involved. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's. This is so interesting that you you took it to where you did because it's something that I, I think it's almost a perfect metaphor for the thing that we're talking about. And also metaphor is again one of the only ways that we have to talk about these things, right? And um about that sort of reality of experience that we that we live in is um and art is yeah, how art is that language, right? It's as much as the rational side of us tries to explain a lot of these things, there's something that's always just missing. And so the, like the language that we have for that is through art and metaphor. But anyhow, getting a little sidetracked, although I like that sidetrack, um, <laughs> it's interesting what you bring in because it's like, yeah, sort of uh, telling a story and we'll just use movie making for, for this one or, or writing a script. And you're talking about plot driven versus character driven. And I know that I, I have heard discussions of how, yeah, some some are more plot driven, some are more like I, I think I remember hearing Martin Scorsese talking about how the departed he said he's like, this is more of a plot driven movie, but there's still characters in it. There's still some pretty great characters, like really wild characters in it. But in that sort of thing, I'm like, okay, plot character, you've got this another kind of uh, duality, right? But they they exist together, right? They go together, right? And in some ways, plot is like the rational mind, the logical mind. Character is the subjective mind. Is like it's or left brain or right and right brain, if you want to think of it in those terms. Um, and the plot provides all kinds of interesting events but story is not just about plot because it's character at least in my view character is the thing that makes you go why do i care about these things that are happening yes. right because just things that are happening is like you know it can be interesting to a point mm -hmm. but at a certain point you go yeah but why do i care right if i don't give a shit about the character that all of this stuff is happening to 
then why am I, what, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Right. If I don't care about that. So it's like, that's, I think that, uh, it just struck me as an interesting sort of allegory metaphor to yeah. this whole conversation where it's like, yeah, like these things exist together and they're both important, but there's, there's a certain reality that one, that, that one of them brings to the equation that you can't just ignore it. You can't just no. wish it wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it, it, what makes plot interesting is character. So if I say, for example, someone got stolen from, that, that's a plot point. Right. But if I say your grandma, who is 86 years old, um, went to the market and a young boy uh, who was a like drug addict, like clubbed her over the head and stole her purse. All the clubbing over the head, the whatever that's all the plot but the thing is is like now you're starting to know these people now mm-hmm. it starts to have context it's like more interesting right and you can totally change this because you can say well you know uh you could, you could do something really weird like you could flip it and so the little boy went to the market and the lady smashed him over the head with her purse and stole this candy and you're like what yeah. <laughs> <How> weird <laughs> situation is that but yeah, you see it yeah. interp- the interpretation of it right the character is so much in the interpretation and so mm-hmm. you know like plot does have to happen because when you have these stories without plot, they, they don't, nothing happens. And so then they become boring and they become a bit of a, a lull. So plot is definitely important in, in all of this. And, you know, uh, the, the, but the character is why we care. And I think, you know, care, character, keep that in mind as you're telling a story. And if you think about any story that's in your own life, you care because it's you. Mm-hmm. Right. And you are the character and, and whether you even even if you don't like yourself and you think you're you know, you think horrible things about yourself, you still care because you're the one experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, is here, I'll take this one step further. If you can resonate with a character or the character, you'll care even more. And that is the key thing, because the thing about character is when it's properly and effectively done you somehow transcend into character, even though you're just watching it. So like any show that you like, any movie that you watch, there's some degree of fascination or relationship or connection to character. Even if it's like this mafioso boss or something like in The Sopranos and you're like, well, I don't even know what that's like. But then it's like, I get a struggle. I feel like I'm there with them. I understand Mm -hmm. this. And that you know, helps you to connect to these story events. But if, you know, Tony Soprano was not as relatable and, and there was something that wasn't like, if it wasn't grounded in a certain type of truth, the Sopranos would never really work quite the way it does. Mm-hmm. It would just be kind of an interesting mafia show, but it's not. It's so much more than that. Yeah. And to further the point, you know, and this is, some people might disagree with me, but, you know, the end of the Sopranos, I'm not ruining anything here yet, but a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like the ending. <laughs> the thing about the ending of that, that show, and look, it's really hard to end a show like that, first of all. And I'm not going to say that they did it the best possible way they did. And for those of you who said, well, they could have done this or that. Okay, great. At the end of the day, what I feel like you get when you finish that show is you go, 
this is what it's like to live that life with you know we like to think of like oh the the big scams they pull and the you know this guy's a rat and we got to kill him and we always think Mm -hmm. of those moments those are the highlight moments of like mafia life and everybody's like oh yeah but the day in the life of living that life is you're always looking over your shoulder and you never know and it's dangerous and there's a foreboding quality that that exists there and Mm -hmm. a lot of people they miss that right but if you really take a second to like kind of like watch that ending and really kind of like sit in those moments they give you at the end you realize like yeah like we've been watching this whole show we haven't thought about that at all and then on the last episode they go hey by the way there's no happy ending here like you chose this life this life feels like this Mm -hmm. every fucking minute of your life so just because things seem like they're good and all these plot events are kind of worked out to some degree, this is still what it's like to sit in his shoes mm-hmm. and his family's shoes and everyone else's shoes and blah, blah, blah. And then, boom, it leaves you. And you're like, Whoa. right? But there's like, it sends chills down my spine to think about that. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, is that a lot of people, they don't, they want that plot driven kind of wham, bam, like this is what happens. This is the end. Okay, see you later. But people didn't necessarily love the idea that you were left with a feeling of reality. Mm-hmm. right or perceived reality let's say because you know uh, it's debatable but the point is is that if you really connect to character there's nuance there's there's qualities right yeah and uh i i think um you know i don't want to focus entirely on story because i know that's not entirely the point of this but i do think that the logical part of us loves plot we love mm-hmm. events and we love moments we don't necessarily always put our attention on nuance and character perception and interpretation. But I feel like part of what this conversation is, is the nuance, the perception and interpretation, that is the communication of soul in a, in a, and self in a way that we don't always talk about. Yeah. 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 And it's like the hard, you know, like plot in some ways, you know, there's a part of us that, that yeah, is attracted to, just give me like the hard facts of it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Which is kind of like <laughs> what, what, the, what the plot is. What happens? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. That that's that's has a compelling element to it. But the thing that we're still always looking for is how does the person respond to what's happening? Who is the person who is responding to it? And and where do they where do they end up going with it? How does like how does how are they transformed by the events that mm-hmm. that go on? Right. This is and, and what and do that, they choose to do based on their transformation? Yeah, which what, is a key point. Yeah, and that's really like coming back to that whole thing of of art is the language of the soul, right? Like that's that quality of trying to trying to describe something that is kind of indescribable like you can't just because really story is is trying to to talk about something that you can't just speak about directly Mm -hmm. you know you can't just because you can but you won't get it you can yeah it's like it's it's uh it's like trying to explain uh, the color red yeah yeah or it's it's you know, there's this exercise. I, I think I read it in one of Alan Watts's books okay. or something like that. But it was, you know, try and try and describe like 
go outside and look at a plant of some some sort of flower or a tree and it's like describe that thing without describing its parts right like it because that's what our language does mm. it 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 breaks things up into into all of these pieces it doesn't do holes right right it doesn't do unities it doesn't do that thing it's just mm. it breaks things apart right which is is has a useful function but then there's when you're sort of challenged like we'll describe it without describing its parts and you're left in just a, a kind of speechless presence with something yeah because you're just you just have to be with it and you have to now experience the tree you have to experience the flower without without concepts and words and and it's an interesting exercise to do in terms of just creating a sense of connection and intimacy with something and and instead of reducing it down to something and, and really being with it um but yeah the story is about trying to do is doing this it's the same thing in its own kind of way it's like well we can't just we have to do these sorts of things in order to talk about certain things about what it is to be alive what it means to to be a human what it means like there these are big things that uh you know our sort of rational or scientific language it just doesn't have the capacity for mm -hmm. and there are people who continue to attempt to do so and i applaud them for that i'm and i won't even say it's a it's a useless endeavor or exercise but i truly wonder if it's it's something that will that will never be able to be accomplished but that's okay yeah you know like that's that's the thing it's like our our sort of our language and rationality is great at describing and explaining certain types of things i it's okay for it not to be able to do certain other things that's why again this conversation that we're having we have a language about talking about these things it exists it exists in poetry and metaphor and and music and art like these it how how just a sound you know a musician can just do an instrumental thing and it can just it, it can just make you burst into tears mm. like what the fuck is that about <laughs> you know what i mean like it, it's the, like how how do you name that thing right you you can't you couldn't put that into words you can't just say words to 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 people it's like well you are experiencing some kind of um, emotional but, that, but that's just catharsis. describing and it. I know exactly. It's like just it's observing it and saying, "Well, I see tears coming from your eyes." Like, I mean, it's, it's about as valuable as that. But it doesn't make yeah. tears come from anyone else's eyes because they're not experiencing it. And and how is that person going to even express like, "Oh, wow, something hit me," and I like I don't even know why it hit me. Yeah, and and for someone to imagine imagine that. Imagine a moment in your life if what, you know, I just described a piece of music just like suddenly making you first, you know, and yeah, there could be events going on in your life that that have, you know, contributed to all of that. But can you imagine somebody just coming along and trying to reduce your that emotional experience, that cathartic emotional experience to you in some sort of rational way? Well, you're just you're feeling that way because you're tired and you're, um, you know, you just had this event. and yeah all of these things but but there's still 
that there would there's something almost insulting about that you know there's something that that is almost um you know it's that that degrades and diminishes the experience right and and is a little bit annoying and irritating <laughs> about about that sort of viewpoint if you can imagine somebody and now <laughs> analyzing you know your an emotional experience that you're having right that just robs it i think of so much of its beauty you know and i think that beauty is a big part of this conversation too i mean art and beauty are like those are two those are two things that are are hand in hand yeah yeah i you know i think when you get too logical you end up living a very dry life very dry and boring and uh you know it's there's a vacancy to it all, you know, and I, I do think that there is a time and a place to be logical and practical where it's like, look, we got a job to get done. We got to get this done. We have a time frame. Let's lock it down. Let's be specific. Let's, you know, and I do think there is a time and a place for all of that. The, the question that I ultimately have, though, is why? Why are you doing any of the stuff that you're doing? Why does this job matter? Why do you care if you get it done on time? <laughs> like, what does it matter if it's done at 95% quality or 100% quality or 70% quality? Why do you care about that? Why does that matter? You know, and, uh, you know, something that's coming up, obviously, is what's the key thing I keep asking? Why, 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 why? Which is a philosophical pursuit, ultimately. Why? Mm -hmm. You know, kids are very philosophical. So why is the sky blue? Why, why do rainbows happen? Why do... Why does the tree's leaves fall off? You know, and they want to know why, why, why? I want to understand what's going on here. And I think that we do default a lot to, to logic and science mm -hmm. for why. And I do think that's valid. And I think this is a big part of our talk. We're talking about how, like, there's a certain amount of, like, let's just understand naturally why does this exist. Yeah. But then there's this other thing is, like, why did I cry when, they, when that part in the movie happened or when that song sounded that way or or when my partner said this thing or why did I get angry or why did this other emotion occur? And, you know, and then there's this, this thing where we'll try to, we'll try to go, well, you know, when I was a kid, my parents didn't really pay attention <laughs> to me. And we try and explain it away, but then you go, okay, well, you know that now you should never cry about anything like that ever again. Right. Cause now you're aware, but yet we do. Yeah. Yet we do. And sometimes we do harder the next time. And sometimes the awareness of it actually activates more emotion. Yeah. And I think that there's a, a part of, um, you know, our logical, practical selves where we feel a little threatened by this. We're like, well, I can't explain it and I don't understand it. And that's frightening. And so, well, why are you frightened by the unknown? There's a good question. Why? Why? Why are you so fucking freaked out about this shit that you don't understand and you can't explain? And, you know, and, and, and there's an art to that. And your, your, your soul, you know, if you want to call it that, your sense of, internal self whatever that is that that can't make sense of this world is freaking out all the time <laughs> and so we're constantly going back to logic and science to go like i know this is what's happening and it's like yeah but there's a certain element no matter how far you go down that road you're not going to be able to explain well, it yeah <laughs> i mean I, I would say in many ways it contributes to that sense of anxiety sure yes. about it because it's like because you're trying to grasp this thing with this thing that you can't grasp it with yes you know it's like uh it's like a fishnet 
right? You throw into the water, trying to catch the water. <laughs> yeah, you know totally, what I mean? Yeah, like it's, to, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, it's just, it's, there's this whole thing that's just slipping right through it. Yeah. Right. And you'll, you're only going to pick up little bits of it, which mm. is logic and practicality has holes. It, yeah. It has absolutely. holes in it and it leaks. It's leaky in the sense that it just lets certain things through and you can't, it, it can hold on to it in little bits for a moment and then it'll be gone again. And you're yeah. like, ah, I thought I had it. <laughs> you know, and it's like, this is, you know, maybe, and maybe yeah, this is some of the crux of this conversation to me and why I feel so enlivened by it. But it's because I feel like to such a large degree as a, society we have we have lost we have lost our sense of that importance in art where we think of more so you know how many times i hear people talk with someone like well just entertain me like it's all just about just entertain me right and don't get me wrong i'm not i i think that entertainment is is a terrific way for us to talk about things in fact because if it wasn't entertaining then we're not gonna we're not gonna stay through for the whole thing to see you know to get the to get the deeper conversation right mm -hmm. it needs to be entertaining but when it just becomes about it's like no it just needs to entertain me it's like we've lost this sense of to a large degree not entirely but i feel like we've lost to such a large degree this the the deeper meaning of what art is supposed to have in in our lives which is like this thing that's asking us to to engage with life in a in a deeper way than than we might normally be doing you know like sometimes art is a bit of a smack in the face you know it's a little bit of a, a like shaking you it's like hey wake up mm. right wake up Remember something about yourself. Mm. Remember that you're not just this cog in this machine of, of our society right now where everything is just, you know, has to, you know, be nice and uniform and in its place and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, there was one thing, you know, I, I ended <laughs> up, I think the fishnet thing kind of sufficed, but like another image that, that came to mind was... It's like trying to fill a circle with like a with like an octagon. Does that make sense? Like <laughs> okay, imagine yeah, an yeah. octagon inside of a circle. Sure, it just misses. Right? It's just points. yeah, it touches points. Right. It just it touches, it touches points, points of it. I love but, that. That's a good analogy. But yeah. there's it it doesn't fill the whole thing out and and this is what I think is just so important about this conversation and why I I want I guess more people to have this kind of conversation and and engaging with the kinds of art that you engage with on a deeper way is because it provides more of the picture right and i i think that we've forgotten that i think that we um minimize its function in our life in, in our life in terms of helping us find meaning meaning helping us find connection to ourselves into the world on a on a greater level mm -hmm. and it's not to the exclusion of the other it's 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 an inclusive thing mm. right like we can understand rationally our world around us and within us 
while at the same time still having the sort of mysterious, more um, less tangible realities to our to our life that just because they're not as ta tangible and explainable doesn't mean that they're any less real and that's what art i think is so concerned with mm. yeah yeah you know the, this analogy you used of the octagon inside of a circle or in inside of a and i'm thinking even a triangle inside of a square you yeah know, like or a circle or whatever it's just like Use whatever geometry you want. <laughs> exactly, but the shapes don't... And I think this is the, the, one of the key things I think about this conversation is that we're trying to match things with a shape that's not the same shape as something else. And by doing that, we'll always miss key elements to the whole thing. And, you know, I, I think this is where, you know, where that, you know, you're hitting points, but you're missing this whole element. That whole element that you, that's like kind of unattainable, like you can't really get it. That's the experience. That's the art. That's the, that's the part where you go off and you have to experience and, and explore. And there's no, like I can tell people about experiences and journeys I've had. There's no way I could ever really truly fill them in because mm. there's a certain element of it where I can give you a point that happened. But that experience that I was having and the day that was that was going on and, you know, all the elements and, you know, and like, for example, I was thinking the other day, like I drove my motorcycle out to this. I don't know, down this road, I'm like, let's go see what what I find, you know, mm -hmm. and I drove down this road and I got to the end and then I was like, oh, there's a trail there. Let me park my bike and I walk down the trail and, you know, it's just like hidden little cove on the coast, like probably almost nobody knows about except maybe the people that live in the area i was like well this is a beautiful little gem and you know the the sun was where the sun was at that time of day and the water was at the height it was on the beach and also it was at a certain calmness that it was at which it might not always be at there's all these elements going on and you're like yeah yeah he talked about the sun he talked about the he talked about the trail and he talked about the the water and I didn't tell you about the trees and the logs and the rocks and all this other stuff that was there. And all of this stuff contributed to the experience. And you're like, yeah, but none of that matters. And yet all of it does. And mm -hmm. that's the thing about art. That's where it's like, none of it matters. And yet all of it does all at the same time. And this is where I want to go back to my initial point. Perception and interpretation. What did you notice? What did you put your attention on? What did you care to recognize during that experience? Mm -hmm. And also... Did you acknowledge that that experience was the one and only time you'll ever have that experience? And it is, it is born and, di and died all at the same moment. Mm -hmm. and, and like, I think there's people probably on the other end of this who are going, who the fuck cares about any of that? <laughs> you know, this is yeah. like, like, you're fucking talking in circles. And yet it's like, look, if your life was just fucking points, it would be nothing. It would be empty. It would be this yeah. vacant shell of a thing. And the thing is, is that do you care about anything? And if you do, that's where you fill in those blanks. And because you care about something and I care about something, which might not be the same thing, we notice different things. And those fill in the colors and the shades and the elements of this where it's not just plain and boring. 
And we're not just machines of zeros and ones or black and white type thinking. We're, we're shades and colors and nuance. And so, you know, this is your soul. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that I, that I think it'd be, you know, what I've come to at this point in the conversation, like your soul is that refraction of nuance of perception and interpretation. And that's you. That is you in the sense that that is you like through your body, through your eyes, through your ears and sense of touch and smell and everything. That is what it is taking in through its filter. And mine is doing something else. And if we can respect that and everybody else and go like, wow, I'm filtering all this shit. And, and, and just don't be so arrogant to think that someone's filtering the same thing you are. They're filtering something else. And just be in wonder about, wow, this other person might be here filtering through entirely different filters that I don't even, I, I'm not even aware exist. And, and then mm-hmm. we can start to see the magic and incredible elements of every other person in this entire world experiencing you know the art of life yeah yeah oh man <laughs> there's just there but who the fuck cares right yeah no well i mean here's the thing here's the thing is yeah. that the the thing that's coming up for me is that art art really great art wakes us up to the experience of our own lives Right. Because as you're saying, because there's what you were saying also made me realize it's like, oh, yeah, but like uh, the art is also in the same conundrum is that in that it is also it is also a, you know, a pentagon in a square or a circle (laughs) or however you want. It's also only providing it can only go so far as well. Right. But art is the thing that's very much concerned with a certain part of human experience. Right. And so it's 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 having the conversation. Right. It's having the dialogue. And that's what the artist is doing is they're having a dialogue with with their own lives and and trying to touch something that's real and true and then try and share that as honestly as possible. And. As you're saying you know, the, the reader of, of, you know, a great writer's work, they're never gonna, like, they won't ever know completely exactly what that person's experience is that they're sharing, but they can still connect with it in a certain kind of way. We can still relate to the feeling in our own kind of way, and it can still bring us into our own lives in a meaningful way right but it can never it can never completely give you the experience of the artist who created it right right but it can give you your own experience right that's maybe kind of the same thing something that you can still relate to right but it's really all about again drawing you into your your own life and and asking you to engage and pay attention to your own life it's just like hey look yeah this this was my experience of on my motor on my motorcycle and the things that were the beauty and the and the things that were around me and the moments that were transpiring there when was the last time you just took in the the beauty or the nature the things that were around you where you were just sucked into a moment that was you know, these moments that we have in life where all of our bullshit can just 
shut up for a second, you know, because sometimes it is, it's only for like a second or a couple of seconds, you know, and, and we just find ourselves in a moment of, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's impossible to just say what it is, but it's like, it's, it's a moment that's more real than what your everyday life is typically like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like these moments where it's like, whoa, you just, you're, you're captured in a moment of such absolute clarity, beauty, something, something bigger. And you just, you're experiencing it and you're feeling it if only for a moment. And, and that's what, what art is kind of trying to do is, is like trying to wake you up to those moments in your, Mm -hmm. in your life. Like to me, that's like some of the magic of, of, you know, that can happen in, in like a great film or even like a great photograph of just you know, like a, uh, like a beautiful rain-soaked street or something in the, in the night or, or whatever it is, you know? And, and it can just transport you to a place. It can show you a kind of magic or it can, it, it evokes something from you. And it's just like, well, how many rain-soaked streets have you walked on in your life? And, and how many times did you notice it? Did you, mm-hmm. did you notice and we're just completely awestruck by the beauty that you were in mm-hmm. at the moment that maybe we missed because we were too busy thinking about some fucking bullshit of, yeah. you know, some person said or something that happened before, da 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 da. But sometimes, like, the moment just grabs us, you know, it just grabs us by the fucking face and it's just like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> remember me, right? And that's kind of like, again, art is just like, remember me? Yeah. Right? Because an artist is trying to like share that, like that experience that they had in some ways. Right? And it's like, how, are, are, how much are we aware of that in our own lives? Mm. Hey, everybody. This is Evan. And this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. You know, man, like, it's interesting, like going through this conversation because there is a part of i think our daily lives and just our egos that just they they get in the way of so much right it's like um i'm i'm asking myself it's like why don't you walk around in every second of your life with just absolute gratitude and appreciation you know and um i do have these periods of time where i do that and i'm just walking around and i'm kind of just awestruck and i'm just in the present moment is pretty much as much as I can be and I'm just like looking at stuff and just like wow like this is fucking amazing it's incredible and you know and someone wouldn't necessarily like the nothing spectacular is happening in the terms of plot (laughs) (laughs) 
except yeah. you you know except it's just it's just me acknowledging beauty and it's like the whole world is a painting and the whole world is a song and the whole world is a movie and everything is always just it's all just there and um you know i i'm, I'm thinking as we're working through this i'm like well because we we talk about we're talking about soul a little bit here and i know that's a touchy word for some people but like does your soul die when you like not die but in a in a sense dull because you get so caught up in bullshit like of like black and white like logic you know and i think it does because i'm thinking about the times when i'm just like i was depressed or down or even the times when i, I get so minutely focused on some some real it's like some bullshit and um you know and i i've heard people talk about this like you know could you be grateful for the fact that you're just so hurting right now that you're so sad that you're so angry could you be grateful that you have a, a sensory system that can experience that mm -hmm. and just appreciate the fact that you're in an experience right now mm -hmm. and i think that we get caught in stuff like i know for me this is true but i'm, I'm pretty sure it's true for everyone else where you get into a difficult feeling or a difficult emotion and you're like, oh man, like this is never going to end. Like I am stuck here and I just want it to go away. And all you're focused on is like, when will this end? When will this be over? When can I pass through this one? You know, and even if you do believe this too shall pass, you're like, but I'm stuck in it now and I can't get out of this fucking shit and I don't want to be here. But if you could just take your yourself as almost a movie viewer and step out of that and like look at yourself and be like, appreciate someone living in your experience right now whatever that might be there's art in that you know this this kind of like to me so much of what art is is the it is actually like the looking into or the acknowledgement of something that you don't normally see because we're so focused on the points you know oh like this is what i'm doing this is what i'm up to this is the thing and then all of a sudden art goes yeah but like there's all this surrounding stuff you're not looking at that seemingly doesn't matter and yet it's the whole point because it's like i mean life is not just points it's not just a series of actions and a series of events it's experiences mm -hmm. and it's acknowledgments and it's interpretations and perceptions all the way through it and we write these things off like they don't even matter and yet they they're the only thing that really matters and I think like, you know, we've been talking a bit about this in the last one. We talked a bit about the machine and we've kind of like brought in that idea a little bit to this conversation. And it's like, yeah, the machine just wants you to fucking do the thing. Go to your job, be on time, do your work, you know, get my money, pay for my house, drive my car. It's all this shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. But like, like you wake up in the morning, you're fucking bag tired. You don't want to get up. You drive through traffic, it's traffic, it's blocked up, it's slow, you don't like it, all this stuff's going on. But could you see the art in that? Could you experience that as though it was something incredible, like a child experiences it for the first time, and just be like, in that, living? And I think these points, they, they erase all the life. It's like, I left my house, and I got to work. What happened in between? Mm-hmm. And that didn't even matter to you. That was like a fucking just gone, just nothing, just 
you know? And yet we come back and we watch a show, a TV show or something, and then we tell our friends about, hey, did you see the latest episode of so-and-so or such-and-such? And it's like, oh, it's such a great thing. It's like, yeah, like, great. There's great plot events going on in their life, but, like, your life might not be that, like, exhilarating in plot, but you're still living it, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not saying that your life's going to be more exciting than a tailored show or a tailored movie. But the thing is, is that there's a certain element where you can experience and enjoy your life and fulfill your soul in those moments that are seemingly unimportant you know and yeah i mean i think like one of the things that i'm kind of recognizing as we're going through this is like um how we when we don't have art in our life how vacant life becomes Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of what i'm coming to and the soul you know if you want to call it that is fulfilled by the art of your life it's fulfilled by the present acknowledgement the the awareness to collect in the the things that are seemingly innocuous and unimportant yeah 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 there you were talking earlier in the conversation about oh what was the movie you were talking about how it, or no, you're talking about The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. And how The Sopranos ended. And a thought crept up, and I just wasn't, didn't need to be said at the time. But now it's kind of coming back up, which is, I was thinking about the ending of uh, Inception. Christopher Nolan's just been rattling around in my head <laughs> over the last couple of weeks, anyone who's been listening to this the last few episodes. <laughs> but it was, I, I read this, I read this piece from like an interview that, that Christopher Nolan did. Because people always ask him about the end of that movie, right? And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Inception. Or, well, maybe not so much, but like people always ask him, about the top that little thing that he spins on the table and he people are always asking him it's like it's like did it fall or did it stay spinning like everyone wants to know mm-hmm. right what happened how how did that thing and he pointed this thing out and he's like no i i think he's like people always ask me this it's like and he's like i feel like people are always missing the biggest thing about that ending which is that he doesn't care. Hmm. He's walked away from it. He doesn't care whether it's real or, or, or not. Hmm. Right? Like it's, and, and I thought about it. I was like, geez, I've never thought about that. I've never thought about that, that side of it. And that's, again, I think kind of this whole thing between a rational mind. It's just like, just tell me what happened. Right? Yeah. Just so, tell me. Just tell me. It's yeah. like, was it real or was it not real? Yeah, then right? I can put it to bed and I don't have to I think about it. I can put it to it. bed and I don't have to think about it anymore, <laughs> which is why in so many ways the ending is so brilliant because there's so much more richness to the story when you think about the fact that he doesn't care anymore. What is the significance of that? Like, I haven't even thought about that in part of that story, right? But there's something within that, within that, that if you explore that, there's like, whoa, yeah, what does that mean that if he, he doesn't even care anymore you know like he's just happy that he is where he is Mm -hmm. whether it's reality or he's still dreaming Mm -hmm. right that 
it it doesn't concern him anymore. You know, there's there's a lot that's a lot to process, right? But these are the things that great stories and great myths and great like they they force you to do this kind of stuff. They mm-hmm. ask you to engage with these things and you know, I think that we can often be very lazy about that kind of stuff because we're so we're so sort of left brain focused to put it in a very yeah just blunt kind of a way we don't like the unknown i mean that's yeah that's i think a big part of where art exists though it exists in this unknown But, but this is the thing is that it's like i think that the only reason we don't like it is because we've become like it's like we've been it's like we've just we've just been working out our our upper body (laughs) you know for the last leg day (laughs) however many generations (laughs) right and then suddenly it's just like let's work our legs a little bit it's like oh this is hard i don't have energy for this right i think it's a little bit like that because we're just we're not used to flexing those muscles it's just we're atrophied in this in in engaging with it in that kind of a way but like we're only going to be stronger if we do start to engage with things ask these questions and and not be as lazy about about these kinds of stories because you know you think about just like other movies i remember people were upset about like castaway for example you know it's like what does he do where does he go at the end you know he's just at the end you know he's standing there at those crossroads and you don't know where he's he's going and people debated it about it and argued about it it's like and that's i think that's so great you know that ending that that robert zemeckis the way that he he put that it's like yeah have a conversation about it you know what i like engaging with that movie though like here's the thing sometimes a movie ends and i don't know if this is true for you or other people but i know for me sometimes a movie ends and they leave it open-ended and i'm so sure and so certain that it ended a certain way that i don't even like it's not even a debate and i'm yeah. like well oh, that's so interesting like that's my that's my perception and like i'm like of course he goes back yeah but the, to me that like and someone else they may be like like of course he doesn't because he's on a journey of self-discovery or something else and he's not yeah. going to get distracted by another woman you know or something like who knows yeah. what they think right but to me i'm just like this is divine and perfect and you know you go back and that's what i would do yeah but I just projected my shit onto him. That's yeah. all that happened, right? And then so it's, it's like, like, but no, there's no proof that I'm right. Yeah. That's the thing, though. That's the, that's the unknowable, untangible thing. It's like, well, you don't know that exists. And I'm like, no, I don't. But in my world, it does. And so yeah. that's just my world. Yeah. And that, and that <laughs> is almost revealing. Yes. Totally. You know, it's like revealing to, of me uh, and my character exactly. and people could read into that and I could read into it. And, yeah. It's just yeah. like, oh yeah, you're the romantic, I'm you know, romantic. you're romantic. Sure, it's like, yeah. and, and cause I'm, I'm the same way with the end of Castaway. It's like, sure. ah, he went back, yeah. he went back, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, uh, but yeah, for some people it's like the, I, I had conversations with friends who <laughs> like, they were just so hung up on, on the fact that it was, it didn't have a super clear right. sort of like, yep, that was the decision. That was how it ended. Put a bow on it. And, you know, and life, the thing is, is yeah. that's the thing about art, right? Is like, we do like a bow and I, I can appreciate a bow. Yeah. 
But no, and there's nothing wrong with the bow, but yeah. every now and then the bow is... Uh... Even when we get a bow, this is the thing. I think that we, we've, we've gotten used and accustomed to a certain type of movie where we get a nice tidy bow ending. And, and we're like, okay, hey, I know how things end. I know what the kind of result was. And like, mm-hmm. you know, and like, I don't even have to think about the fact that that person's life carries on beyond this movie or this beyond this story. It's, just, yeah. it's done. You gave me a bow. I'm going to move on and I'm not going to think about them ever again. I'm just going to go happily ever after and I can just kind of live with that. Yeah. Whereas sometimes a story or uh, a movie, actually the book I just read, if, if anyone's ever interested in reading it, go pick it up at a used bookstore. I recommend you probably find it. Ordinary People does not wrap up with a bow. Not in the way that you would think, but fucking awesome. Yeah. But the same way, like fucking awesome because it's like, yeah, that's so much like life. And it's just like, it's not clean. It's not perfect. And um, life's just this constant, work in progress and i think there's something exhausting about that and i think that a lot of the time we get exhausted and we're like just give me a fucking bow and tell me it's all going to be all right yeah you know i think there's and i and i can appreciate that because i have definitely been at times in my life just tell me that it's gonna be okay and it's gonna work out because i'm so fucking exhausted i can't carry on anymore yeah but there's also a part of life where it's like the adventure begins again once you get the bow and sometimes these stories, they, they leave us with the next story in tow and with no intention of ever even pursuing that story even. And mm-hmm. we just get to live in, in the life. And um, sometimes I think like those endings are even better. I mean, I come to appreciate those more because I feel like the character lives on for me more. Yeah. And the story lives on for me more. Whereas when you give me the bow, I can walk away and forget about it and I never have to think about it again. Yeah. yeah. And I think the truly great the great stories and again great pieces of art are the ones that they 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 work on you yeah you know like they leave some kind of a mark and they make you think feel in a way that you've maybe never have before or they maybe reconnect you with something too like there's there's all kinds of ways in which i think that that art can work on us but like it works on you yeah and i think that yeah just it's so strange that 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 whole you know that tidy bow thing that we so a part of us so desperately wants but i think that again that sort of if we strengthen if we strengthen our capacity to to engage with these mysteries a bit more which again i think is very much yeah like part of it's part of what art is it's it's trying to talk about these things that are a little bit more mysterious in nature Right. Well, and... you know, here's here's something, else, and I don't want to cut you off, but here's an, here's a, here's an interesting thought to work out. Um, you, no matter how much you think you know somebody, you truly do not know them, and we don't love that idea. I mean, I can understand why we don't love that idea. Because... Shit, how much do we really know ourselves? Good, right? Exactly. <laughs> so you know, there's a there's a whole pill to swallow. It's a big one. Um, you know, so then so then we go, okay, well if I don't know this person, like everything I think I trust about them, everything I think I know about them could all be just vanquished in a moment. And, and, it, and it could. Um, and so, you know, here's something to do is like to look at every person all the time as a, as a pursuit of understanding. And so like a, gr- a good way to exercise this is if somebody say wrongs you and is willing to apologize. Okay. This is a very specific example. Sometimes people won't apologize. Sometimes it's all sorts of other things. But let's just say 
someone does something wrong or make a mistake or whatever, and they apologize. You would, it would serve you and them best if you asked them, why are you sorry? They go back to that question, why? Why are you apologizing? Why do you feel the need to communicate this to me or whatever? And not as a thing of ego and pride. This is very, very important. Not as a thing of like, I want you to admit what you did wrong so I can fucking look over at you and say, hey, you fucked up. Not that, but as a, as a desire to understand, to truly get what is it about this that made you feel like, are you doing this as a lip service? Because sometimes people are. And that's good to know. Because if someone's just apologizing for some bullshit and they're like, yeah, I'm just saying sorry because it's the right thing to do. It's a polite thing to do. It's like, okay, that, that means nothing. Your sorry is fucking nothing. Like, mm-hmm. I appreciate the fact that you're being polite. But in the scheme of our relationship, it builds nothing, does nothing, helps nothing, right? Fix the problem. You know, then we'll, then we'll talk about it, right? But if, if, if someone apologizes and you ask them, well, why? But you do it with compassion, empathy, and, and the desire to understand. Such an important part. Why? Why are you sorry? Like, really want to know. They go, well, you know, like, I, I see that I upset you. I said this thing. Like, I intended it this way. I didn't mean it that way. And you talk about it. Now that apology becomes this extremely bonding situation where it could bring you closer than you ever were before the mistake occurred. And then you become so grateful that they fucked up and made a mistake that you actually now have a relationship where it's like, look, if we, one of us ever fucks up, we're going to get closer from it. We're not going to get further apart. But mm-hmm. how do most people react to mistakes? They actually create uh, animosity or divide and all these bad things come out of it. And, and they go, oh, well, they said, sorry, but I really don't trust them now. Mm-hmm. Where it's like the person might go like, look, I did this thing. And like the thought that I might have actually damaged our trust or did something like that. Uh, fucking it, like I really didn't want to do that. And here's what I was thinking. And this is why I did what I did. And then this outcome came and I didn't expect that outcome. And now I see that it happened. And now that I see that it happened, I would never want to do that again. And you go, great. That person is going to be much closer to a friend. There's a thing, uh, like I, one of my friends, he was in a, like a, let's call it the Eastern European mafia, pretty mm. much. Okay. And he said, look, the best friend you will ever have is the guy that fucks up and tries to correct it and, and acknowledges why he fucked up and, and tries to fix it. You'll never be able to trust anybody more than that person. He said, this is, this is how they, this is why the mafia, the, the, that type of group is so fucking tight. Because like, if you fuck up enough, like you're, it's bad, bad. I don't know. I don't even know because I'm not in that world. I don't yeah. know, but I know it's bad. But if you fuck up and you're redeemed and you're recovered, holy shit, you, you become in. And there's a certain amount of respect and earning trust. Because the people who are involved in that type of world, you know, I used to think of it uh, like I've had friends and people who are, you know, on the shadier side of that, uh, you know, world. But the thing that I learned through my experiences of these people is they're actually some of the best people and the most trustworthy people you'll ever meet in, in life. And it just goes to show that sometimes the people who are quote unquote good, who follow the rules, who do everything right are not necessarily as honest, trustworthy, and mm-hmm. solid as the people who bend the law or 
sometimes break the law. No. Caveat. Sometimes people <laughs> who do break and bend the law are very toxic, corrupt yeah. people. And I don't want to, I'm not making a blanket statement here, but there's a lot of people who bend the law more because they're critical thinkers and they see a corrupt system and they work within the boundaries or just outside of the boundaries of corruption. And so they benefit from it in a, in a sense of intelligence, not in, not in that they want to do bad things or hurt anybody, but they see that things are fucked up and skewed against them. And so they're willing to bend the law or work outside of the law a little bit with potential risks. Yeah. You know, but anyway, my, th this is my point. My point is that you have, you have trust is so much more important when you do that. Because mm -hmm. you could be, you know, you could be taken down by the wrong people being around you, right? Because you have to trust yeah. people so much more. So anyway. Yeah, yeah no, I, mean, I was just thinking about it because it's, it's because this is like the, the second time round. Sopranos. That, that, yeah, we're talking about. And it was something yeah. I was thinking about earlier in the conversation. It's like, yeah, what is it about that story? You know, like, what are we, what is our fascination with that story? And, you know, that sort of criminal element and and I, you know and there's so many can i step in one thing i'm just one thing a rat but we all can recognize we don't like a fucking rat because it's betrayal right that i mean that's so much of what sopranos is about it's a rat right like that's a big yeah. part of the story the thing is yeah. is even though we're not we're not uh, i feel like i cut you off i'm really sorry <laughs> i really am i just i like i <laughs> call it adhd there because i right. fucking had to say it but anyway the thing about it I think that we appreciate about these mafia or criminal stories like Breaking Bad and stuff is we appreciate the fact that there's such an amount of trust that exists. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, like I, there's, I think that there can be a number of things because like, like you're saying, there can be that thing of like brotherhood, mm -hmm. like of, of that we feel is so sometimes I think missing, yeah. you know, in our own lives. Just like, whoa, here's people who like under the most like literally life and death stakes and are there for each other, you know, and there's something about that. And I think that there's also something about our hatred of the system and our mm -hmm. hatred of the machine, as we've been saying. And I also want to give a shout out to um, a guy by the name of Paul Kingsnorth, because he's really kind of got me on this whole machine <laughs> train in terms of yeah. uh, th that. So, so um, but I think that that's a big element of it too, is these people who, mm. because I think that, yes. I mean, this is, we're getting into the weeds and we should probably start wrapping things up sure. now, but you know, I, I think that one of the things that attracts us so much about that story and stories about rebels and things like that and outlaws and things is because I think there's a part of us that hates the system that we're in so much. You can even to a, to a lesser, more comedic degree, you can look at something like office space right yeah you know where it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. like you know this like the working man's fantasy of just being like <laughs> i don't fucking care you know yeah. and just like <laughs> suddenly not like genuinely not giving two shits about your fucking job anymore right um why are we so attracted to the to these stories and it's like yeah because there's this element of it reflects our hatred of the system that we're in mm. and gangsters are kind of the same way because they're like, in some ways they're, it's like they're yeah. gaming the system. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. And there's something so attractive about that. Right. Um, mm. But it comes at a price and that's always a part of 
the story. But anyhow, that's now we're getting into the weeds. Well, but hey, like it's yeah, no, it's a great it's a great point. So you know, uh, let, let me say this before we kind of like wrap this baby up. I would say that um, there's something about this conversation, and I feel like we've been on this this train a little bit, and maybe we'll can ch- carry on with some future ones. But this whole idea of the machine, it kind of comes back to that, and I think that the soul doesn't like to be put into the machine and to be defined by the machine. And I think that's why a lot of us, we, we don't, we're not happy with our jobs and we're not happy with this type of stuff because there's this like lack of fulfillment that can happen in there. And some people, I mean, they can go to their job and they can love their job and they can really enjoy it. And I think for those people that do, I think they found some type of resonance or connection in that routine, in that life. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think if you can, I think that's fucking awesome because ultimately your vocation, whatever you spend your time doing, you know, I, uh, I'll say this, sorry. When I was uh, creating my uh, course and I was building out the character development, because it was a big question. Like people were like, okay, well, it used to be, what was their job? Mm. And later I changed it to know what's their vocation. What do they do with their time? Because sometimes characters don't have a job. It's not, that's not what it's about. But the thing is, is if you have a job, you know, and your job is about making you money and, and doing this thing and building this thing or whatever. And sometimes it's a building a business and sometimes it's a bunch of other things. Who knows? But the thing is, is that if you're putting your time and attention towards something you care about, then that's good. And if you feel that you're, even if you don't like what you do necessarily, but you get what you want out of it, then that's good. And you're, you're spending your time in a way that works. But if you're doing something you hate and you're not getting what you want out of it, and this is something that's happening in our society right now where people are doing jobs they hate and not making very much money and they can't afford to fucking pay their rent or their food and shit. And this is happening in Vancouver specifically. And I know other places in the world, but Vancouver, a big deal right now. And people are like, fuck this shit. I'm not going to fucking, I don't want to work a job and I don't want to live here and I don't want to do this shit because this is bullshit. And people are getting upset about it because it they, 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 first of all, I'm not doing something I want to do, and then I'm not even getting what I want to get. So fuck that, right? And so mm-hmm. this is where, for those people who, if you're in that spot, to mm-hmm. me, this conversation is very much about that. Great. I would look at that as I would be like, fucking thank you, God. Like, thank you for giving me this fucking feeling of I'm fed the fuck up with this. Because this is where you're going to access your soul. This is where mm-hmm. you're going to get in touch with art. This is where you're going to, you know, you've been doing all the right points. You went to school, you did the thing, and then you're still in debt, and you can't pay for your fucking apartment, you can't eat, and you're like, what the fuck, and I, you know, I can't even go out on a date because I can't even afford a date, you know, all that type of shit that's going on for people, and you go, I'm done with that, and then you fill in all those gaps because you've been doing all the points, right, and the machine loves the points, but this is where art exists. Art exists in that point where it's like beyond the point. Right. And then it might make you do different points or you might do the same points, but in a different way now. And whatever way you go, I think it's good. I think it's a win. But I do. You know, my dad used to say something when I was younger and my dad's not a perfect guy. And I have have lots of positive and negative things to say about him. But I'll say (laughs) one thing that he used to say, which I think he was right about. And I'm sure he got this from somewhere else. But there's like enough pain and you will change. And I found that to be very true in my life. And so I've, I've really aimed to look at pain as a gift and not some threat to my livelihood. It's mm-hmm. like, if it is a threat to my livelihood, that is maybe in a rare occasion it is, but most of the time pain is giving me the opportunity to 
shift, transition, change, evolve. And we need pain a lot of the time to do it. Otherwise, we just won't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that pain's not a thing that's, that's meant to be something that you stick in. It's meant to be a guidepost, like not this yes, way. Not this way. <laughs> not this yeah. way. Yeah. Let's talk about beer, and I have. I feel like I'll, I'll go into okay. some closing comments okay, okay. right after. Dude, and... I'm enjoying this beer. I got to tell you, it's like mango orange juice. I'm just like, this is so tasty. Yeah, I like nearly crushed the whole thing, and we're yeah, like on those last no, steps. Like I saving it for I, talking about it. <laughs> I saw this one, and I just like it. Just grabbed my my attention. I mean, this can. It's just like you know this orange and yeah. yellow, like this. Just and and yeah, it's the the. So for every we're drinking, we're drinking. The Mojo Mango Orange Gosa from Phillips Brewing. And my God, this, it is tasty. So tasty. <laughs> this is one of the, one of the best Gosas I think yeah. I've ever had. It's so delicious. <laughs> it's so good, man. I've, I've just enjoyed, I've enjoyed it so much. I mean, it is a little bit, I would say like, you know, it's not an everyday necessarily like thing, but it's a treat. Yeah. It's like, and honestly, like I could have another one and I would still be happy with it. And for a beer that's this flavorful, I tend to find that usually it's like one and then I'm like, hey, that was good. That was a nice touch. But this one, I'm enjoying it so much. I'm like, man, I could have another and I would still enjoy that. I yeah. don't know if I would have a third. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not there <laughs> yeah. yet. But I can tell you that like if a tasty beer like this can get me to say I'll have another, that's a pretty good win. Yeah. 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 And it's not a paid sponsorship no, no. by any means, but Hey Phillips, uh, you know, yeah. if you're listening, we, uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Uh, all right. So yeah. let's, let's do some closing comments here on this, uh, really tasty conversation. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and I'll, I just kind of want to pick up on something that you were, something that you had said there just before. And, you know, yet, you know, soul is a part of this title. And, and you said like, you know, some, for some people that, that word can be, can be a bit of a dirty word for some people. And, and I always encourage, you know, that you try and find some, some way in which you can, you can hear noise outside people. It's, uh, we're, we're here in a beautiful part, just got the window open, beautiful <laughs> late, you know, end of summer kind of day. Yeah. But uh, this thing of, of soul and you're talking about, you know, this part of you that can sometimes just get so fed up and just, and just so done with something that's happening in your life and, and the way that things are going. and finding a sense of gratitude in that emotion and and in that discovery and that soul is i would say in that moment is speaking to you in that moment and that soul you can think of as the truest thing about you mm. What is the truest thing about you? And sometimes it takes that pain for suddenly you just be like, you know what? I am, I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> I am sick of this rat race. I'm done, right? Whew. It's like it took, you know, it took that emotion. It took that anger for the soul to wake you up. That truest part of yourself is like, I don't want this. Yeah. I thought I wanted this. I don't want this shit. And 
the the last thing that I want to say is uh, for everybody is to, you know, I really hope that through some of the things that we were saying, and, and I'll just say it again one more time, is let yourself engage with the art that you engage with in your life in it in a deeper way. Don't just look for the entertainment. It, like dive into to the meaning. Have conversations about some of the things that you're that you're already taking in because you'll often find that there's so much more substance and meaning and things that it's it's there to give you, right? That will actually nourish and energize you and it might feel a little bit exhausting at first like i'm just like i'm so tired i'm just like got back from work i just and you know don't get me wrong there's i i I don't fault anybody for that i've been there where sometimes like i just need to turn this off for a second you know i just need to turn off Mm -hmm. for a few moments but i think that we're just too we're just doing that too much now Mm. and and re-engaging with really great art again and 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 finding uh the myths that it's and the wisdom that is often contained within it because that's often where we find beauty and once we start get used to working those muscles again it becomes easier and easier and easier to do that thing and the there's wonder Mm. on the other side of it there's there's more wonder to be had in our lives i think when we begin to engage with art in that way again so please 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 do Mm. (laughs) yeah you know i i it's been such a great talk that it's hard to find the final point to wrap it up with you know for me i would say maybe engage with your soul you know, or if you don't like calling it a soul, like maybe call it like, you know, source or something that, you know, you have access to something that is whatever it is. I mean, I always like to think of it. I had this awareness a while ago, but I like to think of it as light when it shines through kind of a, a glass object has like a, a refraction. Prism. Yeah, a prism yeah. has a refraction. And that and and the way it's hit, it reflect, refracts the light into a certain way. And I think that each of us are like that. We, we have some type of source energy that's coming through us. And, you know, we interpret it and then we put it out a certain way. And if you can begin to enjoy the experience of how you refract and how you, like, perceive and, and how you interpret and just be in amazement of that and get to know your soul like how does it how does it work how does it process this world and what does it care about and seem to um you know what does it look like when something kind of hits me and i think the interesting thing about this conversation as well is that if you can give yourself some grace you'll realize that like nothing is wrong like when I was in my most depressed, man, was it brutal. But at the same time, I look back and I go, so necessary. And, you know, if you're in a depressed place, I mean, my advice is always, is always to say, like, make the decision that if you don't want to be there, that you're going to get out. And you will. I mean, I did. I'm living proof, man. Like, 
you know, and, and anybody that convinces you that you're stuck there, that that's, that, that, that's some type of mental illness or something that you're just stuck with, like, like adamantly don't agree with that. Look, I, I, you can, you can argue me and you can say, look, no, I have a chemical imbalance. I am this way. This is just how I am. And you know what? You'll be right. And this is what I learned is that whatever you decide, you'll be right. And uh, I had the luxury of when I was in university and college, I studied a bunch of different arts classes, mostly because I had to study something before they let me in the frickin' film program. <laughs> so one of the studies that I learned a little bit about was anthropology. And something I learned that was really interesting about anthropology was it studies a lot of these like tribes and people that like, you know, live outside of the normal culture or whatever. And what they found was that if people believe something, it tended to be true, it tended to work. And so they found that these tribes, like, even though they can't scientifically, like, back it up, and even though it's, like, technically this doesn't really work logically, because they believed it, it did work. And it's this placebo, nocebo effect. Mm. It's the same thing. So my thing is I look at it and I go, well, my belief system seems to be this. And my life exists because I be and live as though this is so. And so the first thing you want to do before you even change anything is to acknowledge this is how I'm being and living because this is what I believe. And then you go, do I like this? Do I like this belief? Do I like this refraction? Do I like this interpretation of the world? And, and if you don't, then you go, well, what would I like? If I was given the opportunity to refract in a, in a way that I would, and, and then begin to be and live as though that's so. And, you know, people call these fancy names. They say, well, it's manifestation. And it's like, you know, it's, it's willpower. And it's all this shit. It's like, well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. But the thing is, is like, man, like you are creating your world. You're telling the story. You're, you're. You know, they, you look out the window and you either see the dirt or you see the sun. I mean, what, what do you look at, you know? And if you don't like what you're looking at, stop looking at it and look at something else. And I tell you, you look at the right thing, you will go towards the right thing. And here's the last thing I'll say. I just learned how to ride a motorcycle and I've been having a blast. I've been cruising around. One lesson that you learn in motorcycle school is you look where you want to go. And they call it like object fixation. We get sometimes we see a danger and we get focused on it, and we get and you actually will head towards the danger. So you have to have the discipline of look where you want to go and trust that if you're looking where you want to go, you will go that way. And it's so much like life. If you focus on the danger, if you focus on the on on the things that will get you in trouble, you will end up in those places. And so you know one of the things that was one of the hardest ones for me to do was. Um, doing a U-turn and at, at pace is a, it's it's a little frightening because you're like leaning, it's like balance, it's like you know all this. But you got to look, you have to turn your head like right around and just look where you're going. Because if you get caught in like I'm doing the corner and you're just kind of looking ahead of you, you fuck it up. Mm. And life's like that. So you know, um, I think we have a you know this is my final point. I think we have a our soul is an expression of ourselves, but sometimes I don't know if we've granted ourselves the true expression of what we know in our hearts, whatever that means for you, 
that we actually want to express our soul as. And our soul just honors whatever we decide to feed it. So you feed it the thing that you want it to, to, to manifest, build, create, whatever, interpret, and it will. And, and you are it, but at the same time, it wants, there's a part of you that it wants to be informed. And that's your art. Because you can, you can look to the ditch and you will go to the ditch, or you can look to the horizon and you'll go to the horizon. So it's up to you at every moment. And this is art. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.